I'm Emily Hirsch, and this is the Hirsch Marketing Underground Podcast. Attention innovators, influencers, creators, and game-changing entrepreneurs, your internet domination begins right here. We are the powerhouse marketers that you've been looking for. You're already making waves in your industry, and we're here to help amplify those waves of change by creating a connection that cuts through the noise. We take everything you've built inside your zone of genius and find its audience. With killer strategy and laser eye for impact, we launch multi-million dollar campaigns and skyrocket your reach online. And now we are doing the unheard of. We're unveiling everything we've learned, taking you behind the scenes with the Hirsch Marketing Team and giving away the secrets to our clients' success. Stay tuned for top converting strategy, ROI reports, and insider knowledge that you won't find anywhere else. You're changing the world and we're the team to help. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. I have a special treat for you guys today. I actually am going to give you an entire recording of one of our Inside Ignite trainings that we did for our students about two months ago. And the reason I'm inspired to do this is it's a question that's probably one of the number one questions our Ignite students ask in various ways. But I get asked all the time in Instagram messages, replied to my emails, and that is usually some form of my ad is doing this or my results are showing this and I don't know what step to take next. And so how do you analyze? How do you dissect your ad results? I'm not holding anything back. I'm giving you the entire training that I did for our students and I hope it's helpful. I think you're going to really enjoy this. I rarely ever do this. Um, so enjoy. And if you want to be an Ignite student, you can go to helpmystrategy.com and learn more about that program because we do trainings like this every single month in Ignite. Are my results good? Reading and dissecting your ad. And I also added funnel results because I realized as I was creating this training, you can't really just do one and not the other because they all go together. Um, and so again, because I wasn't recording, I just want to restate for anyone watching the recording, the reason I chose this is because almost in every support call, we're getting, you know, the common questions of kind of like, here's what my ads manager says, or here's what's happening. What should I do next? What are my action items that I should take next? So I'm hoping this kind of simplifies this for you and, and makes data less scary and less overwhelming. Cause I know there's a lot of numbers and things that, um, you have to be watching for, as you are running ads. Okay, I gotta keep an eye on the waiting room for people. Okay, so what we're going to cover today is one, what it means to dissect your ad results and your numbers, what that even means, what you're looking for, um, the major numbers and metrics you need to pay attention to when you're running ads. And this is also going to be after the ads into the funnel what the different metrics mean, and then what actions you can take based on what your metrics are saying. And my goal is that this becomes simple for you guys. So when running your ads, uh, if you know me, you know, I talk about numbers all the time. It's super critical that you're making decisions based off numbers. You should, anytime you're like, I don't know what to do next, go to the numbers. Ideally, you've got some numbers that you can make decisions off of because they always, always point you in the right direction and what you should do next. But in order to do this, you have to know what numbers to look at and what the different numbers mean and how to tie the meaning to that. So 
there's a lot of different numbers you could look at an ads manager. And I think this is where a lot of you obviously get overwhelmed because there's like so many columns that you can pull and reports and it can be very overwhelming. And data is absolutely critical in marketing, but it really doesn't have to be complicated. So I, I say this a lot, but you don't have to have this advanced degree or great experience or be an expert at analytics to just understand basic marketing numbers and data. Like anyone can do it with very little experience in marketing. Now, here's the way I want you guys to think about it. Any important metric in your marketing is attached to an action that somebody is taking on the other end. And I think this will help you guys really with analyzing and dissecting your marketing. If you ask yourself, what are the actions people are taking? Because any number that we need to know to be able to make decisions, all that number represents is something that somebody in your audience or your lead did. And so that like brings it to, I think, real time for those of us who don't have maybe a super, you know, we don't love spreadsheets and analytics and stuff. And that's okay because it's not, that's not just what it is. It's not like we're looking at analytics and complicated data. We're looking at actions humans are taking based on your marketing and your ideal customer and what they're doing. So keep that as I talk through this, keep that in your mind. Cause I think that clicks a lot for people when I look at it that way. So the goal with your ads is to constantly be reviewing your numbers and then allowing those numbers to drive your decisions. If you're not running ads right now, it's totally fine. If you haven't gotten to starting them yet, or you're new in here and you haven't started your ads yet. This understanding is really critical for when you start to go run ads. And then if you're running ads and maybe you understand numbers a little bit, but I can guarantee you, you have room for improvement because I'll talk to very successful business owners and they'll be like, oh yeah, I don't even know the answer to that question about my numbers. Because whenever someone comes to me with a marketing problem, what do you think the first thing I ask them for is numbers? Because I don't make any decisions or any suggestions without that. So ideally, if you're doing this right, you never feel like you're not sure what to do next because you have numbers giving you the feedback and then you understand and have the comprehension of what those numbers mean, which is part of what this training is going to teach you and walk you guys through. So there are three main phases that you typically monitor in your marketing strategy as a whole. And there's numbers attached to these. So we're going to go into each of these in detail, but you have three main phases the first one is your Facebook ad itself or Instagram ad. This is relevant and it's also relevant. It's in any marketing, your ad, your Facebook ad. But of course, for this course, we'll talk about Facebook ad. So the first one is your Facebook ad. The second is the engagement and participation from your lead in between when they click your ad and become a customer. So that customer journey you've created. So for this is a, a lot more heavy in a digital product business because you usually have some sort of funnel that's got a webinar or a video series or um, a challenge or something. So, so you're measuring that engagement. So that would show up as your webinar show up rate or how many people are watching your video um, and in, engaging throughout that. Okay. And then the third main phase is your actual sales conversion. And what, once you get those people in your customer journey, whatever that looks like, how many of them are buying and looking at the way, um, that can be broken down and the different metrics that might con uh, connect to the sales conversion. Okay. 
So the first phase, we're going to go deep into the Facebook ad phase. And this is where people can get overwhelmed and what I see on our support calls because there's so many metrics and like people like, what's a CPM and what's a CTR and all these things. And it's, it's overwhelming. But again, we're going to tie it back to actions, just actions people are taking. So the most important metrics for, again, I'm trying to simplify this for you guys that you guys should need to pay attention to in your Facebook ads are your cost per link click. And I underlined this because I want to do a note here that there's two different metrics in Facebook. They all tell you your all clicks and your link clicks. You want to know your link clicks because that actually is the click from your ad to wherever you're sending your ad. At all clicks mean they could go to your profile page. They could click read more on your ad. They could click the comments. And so we don't care about that as much. We care about the cost of the link click. We're going to go into each of these in detail. The second thing is your click through rate. That's the second important metric. And the third is your cost per impression. So CPM is cost per 1000 impressions on Facebook. So it's basically what Facebook's charging to show your ad per 1000 people. All right. Um, cost per link click. Let's go deep into this. So this number is the total link clicks you get on your ad divided by the total you spent in your ads. So basic understanding of that. Facebook will give you this direct cost in a column in ads manager. Obviously, if you're in the course, we have detailed training on like how to pull that, how to look at that. Um, but for this, I want you to just understand what it is. So it's that action. Remember, everything is an action that a human is taking on the other end. They're clicking on your ad. So that's what's costing you to get somebody to go from Facebook or Instagram to wherever you're sending them. Now, the ideal range is 50 cents to $2.50 for this. Obviously a big range, kind of a big range, but so you want your cost per click to be around here. That's your ideal range, okay? The second important metric is your click-through rate. So this number is the ratio of how many people see your ad and actually click through to the destination you're sending them to. So it's a, it's a percentage. So it's like if, if a thousand people see your ad, then 2% are clicking through. So Facebook's giving you that click through rate percentage, which the cost per click and the click through rate are, you know, if, if the cost per click is really high, your click through rate is going to be really low. So they're going to be related, but it's a good thing for you to think about. And, and look at it, and it's a major metric. And if you are in Ignite and you use our tracker, it's one of those metrics that we track on a regular basis so that you're looking at it. Ideal range for a click-through rate is two to 5%. So you want your click-through rate to be around there um, to be hitting that. And like I said, if you have a good cost per click, you probably will have a good click-through rate, but they are important metrics to both keep track of. Um, they are both reported directly in Facebook. Okay. The third important metric to look at in your Facebook ads is your cost per impression, cost per 1000 impressions. So that's your CPM. And this number is important. And I, and I want to point this out because this is a lot more about what Facebook is charging you to show your ads. So for example, if, if there's a lot going on in the world, like now with, with elections and Q4 has holiday promotions and all that, the CPM might go up and get more expensive just based off of what's happening on Facebook. And so I think that this is a very important metric because you're able to see, oh, my ads got more expensive or I got less leads. Why? 
And if the only thing that changed was your CPM, then that tells you maybe the ads got a little more expensive. Now there are things you can do, but I think this is an important, if that's the only thing that changed, it's important just to know, okay, you know, sometimes in Q- Q4, for example, ads are a little bit more expensive. And so we plan for this. We know it's going to impact our cost per lead and different things. So this is the cost per thousand impressions, your ads. Um, and it's directly associated oftentimes with costs on Facebook going up and down. So for example, at the very beginning of COVID, like in March, CPMs went way down and were ads literally got cheaper because there was two things happening. One, some people were pulling their ad spend and two, there was way more people on social media throughout the day. So there was like actually more ad space for Facebook to sell. So then it was cheaper for you to run ads. And that's where we were getting, you know, really cheap webinar cost per leads for, for a month there. Now during the holidays and black Friday, or maybe it's even like Memorial day, there's a holiday. You'll often see this rise. And, and so it's just a, it's just a number to understand what it means. Um, sorry, I didn't fill in ideal range. So CPM can really, cause it's hard. It can really vary. Usually I'm seeing right now, 10 to $20 is the CPM 10 to sometimes up to 30 for, to show your ad to a thousand people is what, and, and this is Facebook's cost. Um, it does vary a lot, but the ideal range, if you want to write it down is like 10 to 30. Now, for example, um, you know, for this launch, we just had, I had some ads that were like $40 in a CPM. So it was costing me $40 to show my ad to a thousand people. And so it's just a number because I could compare it to a year ago where it was more like $25 and see that the Facebook ad cost for us was just a little bit higher. Now it does still have to do a little bit with your, your ad. And I'll talk about that in detail, but it's a number to just understand and to know. So all three of these, we're going to go into detail. So just to summarize really fast cost per click, your click through rate and your CPM cost per 1000 impression. So now we're going to talk about what if one of these is not hitting the ideal goal? So if your cost per click or your click-through rate is not on target, that is going to impact everything else down your funnel. Because if you're not getting people at a good cost to click on your ad to wherever you're sending them, then you're going to get less leads. You're going to get less sales. Everything will be impacted. So it's the first thing you need to go and try and address when you're dissecting your ads. So again, reminder, 50 cents to $2 and 50 cents is our goal for a cost per click on Facebook. Usually these are the issues. If you're not in that range, your ad copy is not converting. Usually this is the number one reason. So it doesn't go deep enough or it isn't standing out. It doesn't attract the person on the other end to actually click your ad and take action. Two, your targeting could be off. The wrong people are seeing your ads and therefore they're not clicking on them. And three, people don't always think of this one, but you know, if you're like, my ad copy is really good and I know I'm targeting my audience. I know for a fact, like they're in this audience, the offer you're sending people to could be the problem. That doesn't mean like the actual offer isn't good. It means that the way it's being positioned is off. And this means offer every ad has an offer. So even if it's a free webinar, that's an offer. I'm still offering somebody something to go and take action with. So this could be, yes, a paid product if you're going straight from ad to your paid product, or it can be a webinar 
or a challenge. And if you haven't really nailed that messaging, meaning like the title of it, the promise, the hook of it, it's not enticing enough. And you're like, I've tried, you know, seven versions of copy and, and I know I'm targeting my audience and it's still not hitting that cost per click then this could be the problem. And you might need to test, you know, different webinar titles or a different way to position the, the benefits of your product. Um, so this should be definitely considered, especially if you know that audience is correct and you've done all you can think of with your ad copy. It's like, okay, how do we shift the messaging and what we're sending it to? If your CPM is not on target, you usually have one or more of these things happening. Again, note that sometimes we can't control the CPM uh, rising if it's situational based. Like if there's something happening in Facebook, this will just happen a little bit. Um, but it's a good thing to know so that you don't freak out and be like, oh my gosh, my strategy is not working anymore. My ads suck. Like, cause it might go back down. Sometimes on the weekend you see CPMs rise and then on Monday they go back down. So it's, that's why this number is important to keep, you know, to keep you calm when it happens. Um, this happens if your ads are in a competitive market or the advertising space just got more competitive for a reason, such as elections, holiday promotions. Two, if your ads are not getting a lot of clicks and engagement, Facebook basically penalizes it and thinks that the users don't want to see it and it doesn't think it's a strong campaign. So it, it will, your CPM will rise. If let's say you run ads for a week and you have like a crazy high cost per lead, nobody's engaging with your ad and engaging means clicking or actually commenting and liking Facebook, you know, thinks, oh, people don't want to see this ad. So I'm not going to show it as much. So that's where creating, you know, new and better copy and better enticing images will solve this. And I am going to go into detail of like the action items to take. The third is you're not targeting the right audience, or maybe you have a really narrow audience that you need to just try and broaden if you can to reach people for less money. Sometimes you might have a really niched audience and then you're just going to pay more for your CPM. And that's just the reality of who you're targeting. But, you know, a very, a very niched audience, like Dennis, for example, you, you might have a higher CPM because they're, they're more specific and smaller. So that's the third metric. Okay, now I'm going to go into what do we do? Okay, one of these things are we're not hitting our goals. What do we do? And then I'm going to pause and make sure that there's no questions and that you guys are like caught up. Um, so if your ad costs are not hitting their target metrics, you have to take action and fix those things first because like I said, it's impacting everything else after. So actions to improve, let's say you're like, oh, my cost per click is $3.50. So I know that's my first problem that I have in my funnel. Immediately, I test one to two new versions of your ad copy, your headlines, and your images. Really try to take your copy to the next level, go deeper, hit your audience on a more emotional level. Like look at your copy and say, how, you know, how could I make this connect and stand out more? Because majority of the time ads that are not converting and not getting those clicks, it's because like the messaging is too surface. The image is not grabbing the attention. The headline is not, it's just not there. It's not speaking to the problems and the desires of their audience. Now, for those of you guys who are running ads and you have a little bit more like experience, you've maybe been through the course, you understand what I mean when I say dynamic creative, I wanted to note this because I think I've seen a lot of people get like confused. Like, do I put the new ad in my existing campaign? Do I start a new campaign? What do I do? So what we normally do for clients is we would start a new campaign. 
So let's say you have a campaign, it's running. That cost per click is $3.50. You're like, I got to get that down. Start a new campaign with different creative because you're, you're most, for the most part, dynamic creative is doing better, which is where Facebook is choosing where to put the budget to what ad. So if you throw it into your um, existing campaign, it probably won't put the budget to your new creative, which then you won't get a fair test of it. So anytime we're refreshing creative for a client or for my ads or whatever, we recommend just starting a new campaign with that new creative. You could actually use the same audiences if you wanted, or you think those are still like really good audiences and just test that and, and, and label that um, as like in your campaign as, you know, October 20th, new, new, um, new creative audience or whatever, and, and test that out. So I wanted to note that if you're like, I don't know what dynamic creative is, and this is overwhelming, it's all teaches you in the course, but I know I'm going to have a mix of people on here who some of you are already running ads and you're like, where do I put this new creative? So cost per click is too high immediately. Let's test some new copy. Let's test a couple of new images and some new headlines in a new campaign and see if we can get that cost per click down. That's probably the first thing I would do, especially if you feel like this audience is my ideal audience, which there's some that you're like, I know my, my audience is here. So that's the first thing. The next thing is testing new audiences. So this is where if you've done maybe testing multiple versions of creative and it's still just not there, try and get creative with some different targeting options. Um, we teach you how to go find some new ones if you need to find interest in demographic targeting options. And then also maybe brainstorm if you have the data to create them. What are some new lookalike audiences you can test in your campaign? So that's where you would then, again, start a new campaign. Anytime you're making a major change like this, for the most part, we say start a new campaign. Um, because if you just throw ads into a CBO campaign, it usually uh, sets it and makes it all wonky because of the way it's set up. If that doesn't make sense to you, all that's in the course. So don't worry about it, but I want to make sure I answer that. So that's a second piece that you can do is test new audiences. I would do that after testing new creative. Third thing, this is like, okay, where, like I said, where you're like, I've tested, you know, five or six, seven versions of copy and headlines and images. I know I'm targeting my audience and I'm still not getting my ads where I need to. I now need to improve. I need to look at improving my offer or the way my offer is positioned. This doesn't mean I need to like throw away what I'm selling and not sell it. Cause usually that's not the problem. Usually the problem is how you're communicating what you're selling. So if you, if you're here, your offer is probably just not attractive enough or irresistible enough. Like we got to go deeper. So either change the offer itself. It's pretty rare that rare that you need to do this or more common change the way the offer is being positioned, the title, the sub headline, the messaging around it. And again, I want to reiterate offer doesn't just mean what you're selling. It means what you're sending your ads to. So if that's a product, that's an offer. But if it's a webinar, that's your offer. Your offer is sign up for my webinar. And if you just haven't hit the mark on your webinar title and the hook of your webinar and what that promise is, you might have to revisit that and re-evaluate um, that. So that is pretty much the three actions. If you're hitting that cost per click is too high, that's your first problem. We got to put all of our focus in there and fix that before we can move on to the next thing. Cause this will be impacting everything else. Before I 
start going into the second phase, I just want to check the chat. Is anybody super stuck, super confused? I am doing Q&A at the end, but I just want to make sure. Um, maybe if you're on, put like, I'm good or I'm stuck here just so I know and I can um, see the chat and make sure you have it go out to everyone so I can see. Okay, good. Looks like you guys are good. So nobody is super stuck. All right. Yay. That always makes me happy. <laughs> okay, cool. Perfect. Thanks guys. All right. Second phase out of our three phases of metrics is the engagement throughout your funnel. So these are metrics that are heavy for the digital product funnels and digital services. So if you have an e-commerce or a physical product, definitely listen but you won't have as much of this because you're just going straight from product to offer. So you don't have as much engagement happening throughout your funnel before you're selling your product. So these are the metrics that indicate if your lead is actually taking action, consuming content and engaging after they go from your ad and start to go through your, your customer journey. And especially for things like webinar funnels and video series and whatnot, we need them to engage to get to your offer. So if we have a problem here, we're not going to even, they're not maybe going to even be hearing our offer. So this is really important to focus on. And again, these are actions humans are taking. So yes, they're metrics, but think of them as a person like going from ad to the landing page. And what do they do next? That's how we think of the metrics. So the first one is your landing page conversion. The second one is your webinar show up rate. Or it could be your challenge participation rate or your video series completion rate. If you have something that is content, your quiz completion rate, something that's content as a part of your strategy, whatever metric you would measure for somebody actually showing up and participating in that content would be the metric here. And the third thing is your email open and click rates. And these are specific to before you're selling. These are like throughout your customer journey. Maybe it's like webinar nurture and reminder emails or video series delivery emails. Um, so, th so that's specific to before you get to your sales emails. Your sales emails are also important, but here we're measuring engagement. So your landing page conversion. This is the percentage of people who actually take action on the page you send them to from your ads. So they sign up for your webinar. They opt into your um, freebie, your PDF freebie, or they purchase your product. So for free offers, for anything that's name and email, we're getting leads, 25 to 40% of the people that land there. So if we have, you know, 100 people, we want 25 to 40 of them who actually signed up for our freebie, who actually signed up for our webinar, completed our quiz, signed up for our video series, whatever it is. If you have a paid offer, so you're going Facebook ads to a sale, whether that's a small price digital product or it's a physical product. If you're going Facebook ad to buy, you want three to 10% of all the people who land on that page to buy your offer. That would be your ideal conversion on that page, your ideal range, okay? Your webinar show up rate, or you can, you can customize this to be engagement. This is in whatever your funnel is. So this is the percentage of people who actually show up for your webinar or view and engage with your content. So again, video series, take your quiz, download the PDF, whatever it is. So you, they have to consume this content typically to get to the next step successfully. So we're measuring that action. Uh, webinar show up rates, the easiest way for me to illustrate it. Um, 
So we want 15 to 30% of everybody who signs up for our, our webinar or, um, you know, signs up for something, a free experience to engage. So we want 15 to 30%. So again, if we got a hundred webinar signups, we want 15 to 30 of them to actually show up live on that webinar. That's a good range. And then email open and click rates. This is the percentage of people who are opening and clicking on your emails out of all the people who received it. Um, I did want to note that for a funnel, such as a webinar where people are getting new and getting your emails, you should see that higher open rate. So this looks higher, but that's because a brand new lead who like signs up for your webinar, more of those people should be opening your emails versus like, if you send out a newsletter to your whole list, you're going to have a smaller open rate on a, on an email broadcast like that. You should have a higher one for a funnel. Like the initial contact should be higher. Um, so ours are usually like 40%, for example, for, for our webinar, um, or any, any funnel I do, that's like sign up and receive something that initial email sequence is, I liked it to be around 30% or above. So the ideal range is 30 to 50% open rate and a two to 5% click rate. And just note, if you're wondering an email you're sending to your whole list, because obviously you're going to have unengaged people on there, people who don't open it as much, that'll be more around 20% but you want to see these a little bit higher because they're brand new leads. They should be like super interested in what they just signed up for ideally, which means they should be opening the emails and clicking on the email. So you're going to see that a little higher. So now we're going to dissect it. If we have a good ad cost per click, but the lead is maybe dropping off here on my landing page, you have one or more of these issues. The copy on your landing page is not convincing or engaging enough. So people are just bouncing off the page. They're not taking action. You haven't convinced them why they need to take action, why that's super important. Two, maybe your landing page design is either not attractive or convincing, or it's just not optimized, meaning your buttons are maybe not in strategic places. Maybe they're not above the fold, meaning when I see it on my phone screen, I don't have to scroll very far to get to that button. Um, so that's like a more optimization de design standpoint. And the third is maybe there's a disconnect between the ad that they just came from and the copy on your page. So if somebody sees an ad, reads the copy, clicks on that, and then gets to your page and is like, oh, this is not what I thought it was, then they're going to leave the page and that can cause a disconnect. So they might've thought they're getting something different. So if there's a disconnect between your ad messaging and your landing page messaging, it can cause it not to convert. And so that, that can be one of the issues for landing page conversions. If your email open and click rates are not on target, this is a little bit more simple to dissect. One, open rates is everything to do with really subject lines, unless you get into tech of like deliverability and stuff, but your subject lines are what convince people to open. So we can improve that with our subject lines. And then two, the emails themselves are the click rate. So in that email, am I convincing people to take that action and click to where I'm sending them to? So if your emails are not clear and direct, so people don't feel enticed to click where you're sending them, it's easy. It's easy when we write emails to get in this templated mode of like, okay, I have to have three reminder emails for my webinar and then two nurture emails. And then they don't... Um, really do their job and they're not very enticing. And so I really encourage people to every email that you put in, even if it's a basic reminder email, look at it and ask yourself, you know, would I click on this? Would somebody click on this? Would somebody read this? Or is it just kind of boring? Cause you're competing constantly for attention when you market, right? 
So every single email needs to hook somebody in and convince them to take action within that email. Okay. So my landing page is not hitting my target metrics. What should I do? First thing I would do is update the copy and really review it from the standpoint of your lead scrolling that landing page and how are you going to convince them to take action? How do you make your copy? Ask yourself these questions when you look at it. Like put yourself in the shoes. Marketing is so much of doing this. Put yourself in the shoes of the person that the ideal customer you're trying to attract and ask yourself if I was that person reviewing this page, how could I make my copy more enticing? Why should this person take action? Does my copy, you know, reflect that? And is it clear enough? Is it enticing enough? Is it different enough than what's out there? Does it stand out enough? Does it do all of those things? And you'll probably find ways that you can improve it. Just like with ads, copy is one of the first things I update with landing pages and sales pages, same thing. It's like usually it's messaging because it's not easy to communicate clearly why somebody should give you their time or money. That's hard. You're competing a lot for that. And so you have to stand out and be super powerful with that. The second thing you can do is update and improve your landing page design. So of course, making sure that your colors stand out, you can, these are more minor. Like I don't think people get a little bit um, sometimes in marketing obsessed with like landing page design and optimization and AB split testing and stuff. And like, yes, it makes a difference, but it's usually not that massive of a difference like coffee could. But you can look at colors, like what color are your buttons? Are they standing out? Is your page mobile optimized? That's super important to check. Make sure your buttons are above the fold on mobile and desktop so people don't have to scroll forever to find it. Um, also make sure you only have one call to action on the page, especially if you're new in marketing. This is a common mistake I think people make where they'll put like a menu at the top still. So there's like four places somebody could go or there's like two different calls to actions. Just one button. A landing page from an ad should have one thing you want them to go and do. Buy or sign up for something for free. Like that's it. That's the only button. There's not a, a, you know, a menu to go click off because people will get distracted and then they'll get lost. They'll be like, I don't know how to get back to the page. I give up. I'm going back on Facebook. Um, the third thing to do is review the journey from your ad to your landing page. So look at it, look at your ad, click your ad, and then say, okay, if I get to this page, is it clear? Is it consistent? Does, do I deliver clearly in my copy what I am saying I'm going to in my ad? So really like if your ad does its job, they're already convinced they want to sign up from the ad itself. If the messaging's clear and the messaging on the page that they get to should just kind of seal that deal. So making sure that's a very smooth uh, transition. Okay, now if your webinar show up rate is low, this is you know definitely going to impact your entire funnel performance. So because people need to be on a webinar to hear your offer most of the time. So here's some actions you can take to improve this. You can have extremely clear and thorough reminder emails for your webinar. Don't just have boring, basic, like I said, one-line reminder emails. Really work to have emails that build authority. They talk about maybe people who have been to a past webinar or if it's a training or something with you of yours and what they said about it, why, why they can't miss it, why they need to be there. Make sure the value you also are going to deliver on this webinar is so clear that the lead is actually excited. They can't wait to hear what you're going to say and they know that they can't miss it. So in our course, if you do have a webinar, we have um, swipe file emails. So review those because they come from our own funnels and 
success we've built around webinars and they do this. Um, but it's important that you're not just like webinars tomorrow, just reminding you, like convince you, your job in between when somebody signs up for a webinar or whatever the free experience is, if that's your funnel is to convince them why they need to go participate in it. You still have to do that. They're not convinced just because they signed up for it. Um, some other cool strategies that you can do is you can put a mini chat button on the thank you page of your webinar. Um, usually I like to have an incentive. So if they click that mini chat button, they get a workbook or they get something. If any of you guys went through our recent uh, video series or webinar, you know, I do this with all my funnels. And what that does is I can then send a mini chat message and say, Hey, we're live right now on the webinar. We're live in tomorrow. Um, and mini chat just has a really high open rate because it's messenger. And so you'll get a lot more eyes on that. And it really, I've done webinars where we didn't do that versus we did. And it greatly impacts show up rate. Like, you know, when that mini chat broadcast goes out because your webinar numbers go up really fast. This is for a live webinar. This wouldn't work for Evergreen really. Um, the other like little hack that's really great is to add a Google calendar button on the thank you page or in your emails so that the you can actually they click it and it puts your webinar in their calendar, put the link on how to join in their calendar. This is also a live webinar tactic, but that just, again, puts it in their calendar. If things are in people's calendar, they're more likely to show up. So I always do that and recommend that for a live strategies, anything live. So if you did a challenge, same thing. If you did a video series, you know, we did that video drops on these days and we linked them in. Um, the other things you can do is offer an incentive for people who show up live. The one thing to just make sure with this is that the incentive is actually related to your audience. I am personally not a fan at all of saying you're going to win a free iPad if you come to my webinar or whatever gift card, because then you're just going to get people to show up who want that thing for free. And they, you know, they don't care about the content and it's going to create this disconnect. We're like, yeah, maybe your webinar show up rate went up, but your conversion is not going to go up. And so if you have an incentive, make sure it's related to what your ideal customer would want and your business and your brand. So I would do a webinar incentive around marketing. You get something cool, calculator or something. Um, if you show up live to that webinar, just to make sure that I'm getting the right person still. And then don't give away that incentive until the end of the webinar. Cause you want them to stay obviously through the pitch. So you can say it at the beginning, a reminder for all of you guys who stay on live, I'm going to share this link to whatever you decide. Um, and that, sometimes helps your, your webinar show up, right? You just need to clearly communicate that this is an option. So in your emails and all of your webinar reminders, you're reminding people, make sure you show up live because I'm giving away this thing at the, in the webinar. And so like just saying it once, people will not remember that. All right, the final thing you can do to improve your webinar show up rate is test different days and times for your live webinars. So I always like to test, you know, does a mid-morning webinar do better for me than a evening one and what time. And so any op opportunity you have to test this, if you have a webinar, um, is great. And like, for example, we just actually saw great show up rates on our Sunday webinar, which was surprising to me. I guess people watch webinars on Sunday, but it was actually better than Thursday night. So I wouldn't know that until I actually look at my data and can make decisions. So I might do future Sunday night webinars from that data. Okay, all of this is, if you have a video series, you can kind of just apply these things to like, if you need to increase the engagement in your video series or your challenge, like they all, they, they all pretty much work to, for that. 
Okay. If your email and open and click rates are not hitting um, the goal, you can create and test more enticing subject lines throughout all your campaigns, compare what ones get higher open rates. Always be doing that. We are always looking at what emails are getting the highest uh, open rates and use that to improve. Um, create and test more story copy and engaging copy in, in your emails that you want people to click on. So they're obviously enticed to click. Definitely make, making sure your leads are quality and the right people. Obviously the wrong people won't open your emails. So that sometimes can be a problem. And the last one is like a tech one, but making sure there's not like an issue with your email provider and your emails are ending up in spam or not being delivered for some reason. Usually just talking to your email provider helps with that. Um, but obviously that can impact it. So I had to put it on here. Okay, before I go into the third phase, Give me a I'm good or major uh, questions. Okay, I do have one I want to answer here from JP Sarah. You sell a 179 online birthing class to first time moms. Should I go for a free offer or straight to sale? I do a free offer. Um, moms are oftentimes tight on budget, a little slower to buy. You got to nurture them. So I do some sort of webinar or something in there. Um, yeah, instead of straight to product. Okay, good. Justin's good, everybody. Anybody else have anything that's like, I can't move forward. I'm stuck on this content. Um, cool. I think we're good. All right. Okay, we're going to go into the third um, piece, which is your sales conversion. This is the um, final of the three kind of phases of where, where you have metrics. So this is the percentage of the amount of people who either land on your page if you're going add to product or they've signed up for your webinar or whatever's on the top of your funnel and become a customer. So actually with physical product, you notice it's three to 10%. It's that landing page conversion. Now with a physical product, oftentimes you have multiple conversions. So we, we talk about that towards the end of this training, but let's say you have upsells in your product then maybe, you know, 7% of people buy your first one and 3% buy the next one. So you've got two conversions. If you've got that funnel set up, if you have a digital product, typically one to 8% of all the leads who signed up are going to buy. That's what we want. That's our goal. We're trying to get there. So, um, oops, cool. There's a lot of variety in a sales conversion based on audiences and offers. This is where um, this is where customized or this is where templated funnels and stuff don't work because you're going to have different things happening based on, of course, if you're selling something for $200 compared to $2,000, you've got to have a different experience. You're going to have different conversions. So you have to take all of that into consideration. So the, the two biggest things that are going to impact your conversion compared to other businesses is the higher price your offer then the lower your sales conversion will be. So a 197 product will probably be around a 5% sales conversion, whereas a $2,000 product would be at a 1% to 2% sales conversion. Also, what impacts sales conversion that a lot of people don't think about is the audience you serve. If you're targeting general consumers, just like um, JP, P, I don't know your name, it says JP Sarah. So <laughs> that you on here, um, you're targeting more general consumers. You're targeting moms. They're not business owners. It's not a money-making opportunity. Typically, they're going to have a lower sales conversion than if you're targeting business owners who are like, yep, this is going to make me more money. I can write this off as a business expense. They're used to kind of buying those things. 
And where you make it up is you will have a, a way cheaper cost per lead. Let's say you do a webinar, you usually will have a way cheaper cost per lead, but you're going to have a lower sales conversion. If I'm targeting business owners, it's the opposite. I'll usually have a higher cost per lead, but a lower sales or a higher sales conversion. So it's important to keep this in mind as well, because this does impact it. So how do we improve our sales conversion if we're not hitting those goals? You're going to see a theme here. Messaging is, is the number one in, on most things. Number one, your messaging and positioning. So this is typically where people have the most opportunity in their funnel to improve right now because it takes time, testing, and tweaking to really nail messaging around your offer. Most people do not do it the first time out the gate or even the third time. Even if you start to get momentum, there's still opportunity. And I put opportunity because it is an opportunity. There's opportunity to improve always. So it's just figuring out where we have that opportunity because even when we have something converting, we can always dissect and find ways we could be better. So typically, this is the constant refinement because you're constantly getting feedback and, and data and information from people you're putting through your customer journey. And that allows you to improve. So continuing to review where you're selling your offer. So whether it's your webinar pitch or your sales page or both, look for how you can make it more clear, more irresistible, more powerful. Your messaging shows up on your sales page. That's the obvious place, but it also shows up in emails on your webinar itself or in content that you create, such as videos, like anywhere you're talking about your offer, make sure it's as clear and irresistible as possible. And like I said, this is a constant refinement. You're not going to do this once, nail it and forever. It's great. Using case studies, using testimonials, using storytelling and always, always talking about what the offer does for your lead versus what the offer is. People care about the results you're going to get them and what your offer is going to do for them. They don't care what's inside of it. They don't care that it's, you know, 15 videos and seven workbooks and this and this. They care about like, okay, if I buy this, what is going to, how's my life going to change? How's it going to get better? What's this going to do for me? What's the promise? And that has to be clear, communicated so clearly and so directly and in their language as well. Okay. Um, another action to improve your sales conversion is the journey and content. This is for a lot for a uh, digital product. It also could be relevant for if you're selling a physical product or straight to a sale from your ad. If you're doing things like videos and ways that you're warming people up to your brand and then retargeting them. So the journey and content the lead is engaging with before hearing about your offer is really important. So, you know, webinar or video series, they have to be really strategic to convert your offer. So your content has to aim to expose your leads problems and pain points, give them some value so you can build trust because that's the point in it, but not give away so much that they're overwhelmed and then they don't buy. That's really important. And with challenges and video series and webinars, you can really easily overwhelm your audience. I'll tell you guys a quick story. So I just did two webinars. I did a webinar Thursday and I did a webinar Saturday. On Thursday in my secret number one webinar, I definitely overwhelmed my audience a little bit. And I think it impacted my sales conversion. So we edited that. We changed around the slides. If you watched both webinars, you would have seen that happen. We changed around the slides to make it a little more clear break it down, go a little bit slower. And I, my sales conversion improved. So I think that like, it's constant, right? Even if I had a good sales conversion, I could make it better. And I knew that. And so this, it just, you don't want your audience to feel overwhelmed because overwhelmed people don't buy. 
So your content has to also with that, your content has to position your offer as the next best step. So I spend a lot of time whenever, you know, and for our clients too, we spend a lot of time thinking about what should the webinar be? What should this video series be? What is the content I need to, to talk about to do the job of exposing a problem and hitting on pain points and connecting with my audience, but also making it so that what I'm selling is the, the obvious next step after they consume the content. So sometimes when you're not hitting a sales conversion, it's not just because of your messaging or your copy, but it's actually the experience that's happening before you even get to the offer. And so again, reiterating, it's just a person going through this experience. So put, you know, step back and put yourself in their shoes and ask yourself, you know, where, where would you be overwhelmed? You know, is this hitting, you know, on the right pain points and is this clearly, you know, leaving it so they have a small win and you've built that trust, but you haven't overwhelmed them so much or given them so much that they know what they need to do for the next three months and they don't need you. So that's really, really important too. Okay. All right. So I have some case studies. I just want to show you guys. So that that's, that's all the metrics and that is what to do. You know, if you're not hitting your goals, but I want to just put this in real time for a second for you guys. So here's case study. Number one, this is a webinar funnel that leads to a 997 course. They have, and this is um, side note in our course, we've got our tracking sheet. This is where tracking is critical because you can't do any of this if you don't have the data. So all of these metrics, you know, are in there and you can customize it, but if you need to, you shouldn't need too much. Okay. So with this funnel, they're paying a $2 50 cent cost per click. They have a 38% landing page conversion, 16% webinar show up rate. Their email open rates are at 35%. Click rates are at 2% sales conversion is at 0.2%. So based on everything I just told you, see if you guys can come up with what the problem is. They've got 500 leads who've signed up for their webinar and one sale has been made. They spent 2631 and ad spend and revenues 997. So they're losing money. Not good. What's the problem in this funnel? Um, cool. So people put Michelle. Okay. Yeah. So here's the, the opportunities. Cost per click is 250, sales conversion at 0.2%. Um, I actually should have highlighted the webinar show up rate too, because that's a little low. But so cost per click is borderline because our goal is to keep it 50 cents to 250. So it's borderline high. We could, we have opportunity to improve that. We also really do have opportunity to show webinar show up rate to improve, but definitely have opportunity to improve um, our sales conversion. So we look at this and we go, okay, here is where we have opportunity. What do we do next? So let's say in this case study, we spend a couple weeks and we take the action items of trying out new ad copy and images. We review and update our webinar slides for our pitch to speak more to the audience pain points and the results of that course itself. And then we retest. Okay. We, we did all that. And now we were able to get our cost per click down a dollar, dollar 50 with that new copy and images. Everything else stayed the same. And our sales conversion went from 0.2% to 0.8%. Not that much of a jump, right? But we were able to go to now we got 667 leads with the same exact budget. And we jumped to five sales. And so now we're profitable. And I, and I like, so you guys see how it's just, we took this sales conversion. This is a case study, but I'm just showing, I'm illustrating. Um, you, it only went up 0.6%. 
So if your sales conversion is able to go up half a percent, it does so much for you. If your cost per click is able to go down 50 cents or a dollar, it does so much for the entire funnel itself. Let's say we want to improve the webinar show up, right? Maybe we added mini chats to the thank you page and we saw what that did and we were able to get that up. That would also improve our sales conversion. So that's one just example. And I'm going to jump to Q&A in just a sec. But let's go to this other one so you can see if you have questions on it. This is a physical product. So this would be relevant to an ad to a product. $40 the product is. We are paying $1.50 cost per click and we're converting 3% of the people who go there. Physical products are a lot more straightforward. There's, there is a little bit less metrics. But in this one, 1,000 people have visited that sales page and resulted in 30 sales. So we made $1,200 with an ad spend of $1,500. Not great, especially if it's a physical product because we got no margins for this. We have to be way more profitable for this to work. Both of these have opportunity because it's still like, yes, you can pay up to 250 cost per click, but if you've got a physical product, you want that to be lower because especially at $40, you've got to get more traffic there. So in this one, we spend a couple of weeks, we try out new ad copy and images, and we also review and update the sales page so that the button and the call to action is more clear. The price is obvious and positioned as a great deal. And the copy speaks to problems and desires better. In a couple of weeks, we then brought that click down 75 cents. So it's at 75 cents and increased that sales conversion to 6%. Now we got 1600 people to the sales page with 96 sales and we made 38, 40 and $1,500 ad spend. These are hypothetical case studies. So I'm not guaranteeing if you do that, you can get your cost down, but I'm showing you that if you do this, oh, look at the data, where's my opportunity take action, do it again and get the cost down, it will greatly improve your overall profit, okay? So creating a successful marketing strategy is a numbers game. My goal is that you guys don't make data complicated. You keep it simple and you allow data to tell you what actions you need to take regularly. This is also important. Even once you have a converting funnel, you still have to do this. You still have to review metrics and data and come back to places you can improve. Because as I kind of just showed you, if, you're, if you can improve your ad cost per click by 50 cents or your webinar show up rate by 3% or your sales conversion by half of a percent, it's going to greatly improve your overall marketing results and profit. So we should constantly be, even if things are working, we should constantly be looking at where is their opportunity for us to improve. All right. So then this is the final piece. The numbers and data you need to know can be customized also for your customer journey. So I want to point this out because I talk about custom strategy. Sometimes we have to create some custom metrics within our funnel. And I want to bring you back to any number. Well, any place that somebody is taking an action within your entire marketing strategy, there's a number that can be tied to that. We need to know those numbers so that we know what is working and what's not. So just some other numbers that you might want to track just based on your funnel that I didn't get into, but could need to be tracked would be maybe your upsell conversion rate, your downsell conversion rate. If you have a funnel where it's high ticket and you have calls, then you would want to know your call app or application conversion. So how many out of your leads, how many people are booking calls or applying to work with you, your show up rate, your sales close rate. So, you know, if you create a custom strategy, it's okay if there's custom metrics and don't make it complicated. Just think 
what are the actions I need people to take every step of the way from seeing my brand for the first time to becoming a paying customer and track that and then allow those things to tell you, okay, how do I improve it? You know, if I need to improve my call show up rate, what do I do? And I bet you'd come up with some answers of what you could do. More email reminders, a video on the thank you page, you know, different connections and points. Thanks so much, you guys, for showing up today. And if you have questions, just follow up um, on the recording posting in the group and I'll jump back in there. Bye, everyone. Thanks for listening to the Hirsch Marketing Underground Podcast. Go behind the scenes of multi-million dollar ad campaigns and strategies, dive deep into the Hirsch process, and listen to our most popular episodes over at hirschmarketingunderground.com. If you loved this episode of the podcast, do me a favor and head over to iTunes to subscribe and leave a review so we can reach more people and change more lives with this content. That's all for now, and I'll catch you next time.